when you go in to have a psychic reading, why don't all of the psychics work the same way? There are good reasons. This is Corby Mitlide, and welcome to the Psychic Yellow Brick Road. The world is changing, and life doesn't have the spark it used to. So we look around and ask, where do I need to go to catch the magic again? You've found it. Welcome to the Psychic Yellow Brick Road, a weekly podcast that delves into the intuitive world, metaphysics, life purpose, and how to connect with the compassion of spirituality. I'm Corby Mitleid, and I've been on the Psychic Yellow Brick Road for 50 years. I'm a certified tarot master, past life specialist, psychic medium, channel, and author. And most importantly, I'm an elder in the field, ready to pass on everything I've discovered to you. So let's hit that Psychic Yellow Brick Road where you can find the real wizards and avoid the flying monkeys. All psychic readers aren't the same, and why they shouldn't be. I've been part of the psychic community since the 1970s, and out in the world as a professional reader since the 1990s. I've seen the good, the bad, the ugly, the weird, and the just plain who invited them into my dimension because the psychic community is, by its very nature, broad in scope and flexible in its rules and understandings. But for those who aren't part of the community, or who are just poking their nose into the door in order to learn how to be a psychic, there can be too much concern with the rules and regs. They get told by well-meaning but misdirected folks that there are only a few ways to work on the paths. Things like, never buy your own tarot deck. It must be wrapped in silk when you aren't using it. You must sleep with it under your pillow for nine nights or it won't talk to you, etc. And when they're looking for a reading for themselves, they feel they have to get it right. So pretty often, I'm asked some core questions. Do you mind if someone gets a reading from another reader? Is someone who just sits and starts telling things a better or truer reader than someone who asks for information? Do I ever tell people that other readers are bad? Here's the answer in a nutshell. All readers aren't the same. That is an absolutely true statement. It's not just that our skills or training are different. It's how we view our work and other intuitives around us. In one of my Facebook discussion groups, someone asked why some of us ask for birth dates or names in our working methods. Now, that's a perfectly legitimate question. But one psychic in the discussion declared, with the surety of a pope declaiming an edict, it's a cheat, because now they know what they're dealing with. In my never humble opinion, a good reader shouldn't need prompts like that. Let's just say I did not take kindly to that snide comment. For me, it's a red flag of superiority and judgment on others. The attitude of, do it my way or you're wrong and I'll tell everyone I know you're a fake has caused more trouble for more readers in more situations than I can possibly tell you. To say a good reader never needs prompting ignores a lot of things, like the amount of time available, why the client wants a reading, or whether a client is a first-timer who doesn't know what to expect. When I have a client sit down at my table at an event, I have at most 15 to 30 minutes to give them as much valuable information as I can. My firm belief is that I am not there to amaze them with my wiki-woo. I'm there to be of service. Therefore, substance trumps tinsel and flashing lights every time. So how do I work? First, I ask for a birth date, 
because I do a quick numerology calculation to give the client an idea about the year's personal energy. When I do mediumship, I ask for the dead person's name, the relationship to my client, how old they were when they passed, and the year they died, so I don't waste time fishing the astral for the person they want. It gets me right to the correct discarnate, that's a fancy word for dead person, and I get detailed information that clearly marks them as on target. That information can be specific verbal expressions, habits, articles of clothing, conversations the dead person had with my client when they were in form. It also helps to zero in on the soul we're looking for, rather than wade through mediumistic equivalents of the Grand Central Station. Do you have any idea how many dead people floating around in a large event are looking for a megaphone to get to this dimension? Trust me, a whole bunch. Or if someone wants to know about their career, it's logical for me to ask them, do you want to stay where you are, change jobs, or are you an entrepreneur? Because those are three very different situations. For each of these work-related questions, I, your certified tarot master, have a very specific multi-level card spread. And that pronouncement, good readers should get everything they need by just looking at you. If you have to say anything to them, that means they are a cheat. Oh, my friends, that single sentence is what has caused so many problems in the first place. Think about it. You expect a doctor to take a history in order to find out what's wrong with you. If you sit with your minister, they ask how they can help, and they listen to your challenge. We psychics are, in some sense, related to both of those professionals in terms of what our clients need. And I will never consider myself wrong, lesser, or a cheat because I give myself enough of a flight plan to get to the destination they seek in the fastest time possible. That's also why I won't say that another psychic is bad, except for very rare circumstances. Again, it's opinion and judgment, neither of which is appropriate. What I would consider good for me might not be what someone else wants, and who died and elected me psychic judge of the world anyway? No one I know. Too often, those who are in competition with other psychics for whatever reason indulge in what I call bitchcraft, calling someone a fake, bad-mouthing someone else's talents, or touting themselves as the only real psychic in the room. And yes, I heard that coming from a booth a few spots down at one of my Canadian fairs. You can bet that person got landed on by the promoters. So what are my rules about giving my opinion on another psychic? Number one, if I haven't had a reading with them myself, I generally don't recommend them. But I don't put them down either. There have only been two instances where I actively nudge people away from a psychic because one had a reputation for preying on young girls, and the second did something legally questionable that could endanger promoters if they read it, the promoter's expo. Number two, even if I have a reading with someone and they don't read me well or correctly, I don't diss them to others. I'm not easy to read. Years of keeping my shields intact, you know? But again, I probably won't recommend them. Those few psychics who read me and read me accurately and who are clearly ethical in their dealings, well, there I am an utter loudmouth and happily recommend them because I know their quality and integrity. Number three, believe it or not, I encourage my clients to get a reading from other intuitives. It's called different perspectives, second opinions, doing your research. 
And maybe that other intuitive has a specialty I don't. A perfect example is when it comes to medical readings. I'm good enough to be a general practitioner, but if you have some serious health challenges going on, I'm likely to recommend my dear friend and colleague, Stacy Wells, whom I consider one of the top medical intuitives in the U.S. Doesn't mean I'm not good, but it does mean I'm responsible and ethical enough to consider my clients' needs over my own ego or fear of losing them as a paying customer. Now, you're more than likely going to make up some rules for your own psychic search, and that's great. They may not be everyone else's rules. That's okay. Some requirements I've run across. I only go to redheads or blondes or brunettes. I'm Wiccan or Jewish or Catholic or gay or vegetarian or polyamorous, you name it. So I want to be read by someone with my religious slash philosophical background. I only want to see a male or female or gender fluid intuitive. I don't want to hear about health or relationships or my past in a reading. You have every right to put those parameters on any reading appointment you have. When you go in for a reading, it's your welfare, your useful information, and your own personal road direction that's important. So you have got to trust that the psychic will respect your boundaries. But remember, the more limits you put on the reading, the less information you'll get. And when we go to people that are as unlike us as possible, we may get an entirely new perspective. My dears, there are over 8 billion people in the world, and I can't read them all. There's room for all of us, the newbies and the seasoned pros, the astrologers and the numerologists, and the palmists and the channelers, as well as the tarot masters and the mediums. And just because someone's methods are different from mine doesn't mean they are better or worse than I am. They are merely different. And differences, as the wise author and visionary Wendy Peeney once wrote, make good sparks. I've been guiding friends and clients since 1973. I love showing you opportunities and how to grab them, where the tough stuff is and how to get through it, and handing you your toolbox through tarot and oracle cards, past life exploration, spirit guides and angelic conferences, and mediumship. My website, corbymitlive.com, is full of articles, blogs, where to find me for live appearances, and where to listen to me as I guest on other podcasts. There's a full menu of readings, from short burning questions all the way up to the jewel in the crown, my soul plan readings, which are based on the work I did with Robert Schwartz. Whether it's general questions about your life in practical terms, romance readings, business consultations, discovering your sentence of passion, or digging into that single challenge that has run through your life, you can find the appointment that's right for you. You know, your opinion matters a lot. So if you enjoy this, take a few minutes to leave a review. Word of mouth is key with podcasts, so share it with others. And if you really want to help make the magic happen, go find me at patreon.com. There's a tier called I Believe in You. And for just a couple of dollars a month, you can be an official roadie and help all the things I do. The podcast, the books, the classes, the videos keep on coming. This has been Corby Mitlide. And until next time, keep those ruby slippers polished and I'll meet you on the Psychic Yellow Brick Road.